0: Welcome to another episode of Schism's Religion Divided. I am your host, Dustin Williams, and sorry about the delay on getting this episode out. I've been dealing with some health issues with uh, getting hand, foot, and mouth disease for my daughter who got it from swimming lessons, and then it uh, impacted some other parts of me, turning into a UTI that custom some definite issues, and this is one of those podcasts that I need to be doing well to do it well. So rather than necessarily sticking to a, a really strict schedule, my big goal here will be to do it right always, which means get out an episode when I'm up for doing an episode. So thank you for your patience. And the other thing that came up was looking at the the Jewish Roman wars, which is supposed to be the the other half of the last episode. Turns out, wait, no, we need to do something else first before we get to those because we need to know about early Christianity before we know about how that was impacted by the Jewish-Roman wars. So let's, so let's go ahead and get into that. So the early church, the, the details are really not there. Like if you look at the book of Acts, that tries to tell the story and the gospels try to tell the story, but they were written much later. Uh, The book of of Mark at the very earliest was in the, you know, sometime between 70 and 90 CE. Uh, Luke was later than that. Matthew was later than that. John and Acts were way back in like 120 CE at the earliest. So those were stories written by people who were not really there. Uh, the, The earliest part of the New Testament that was written down, the earliest Christian writing that we still have today, is one of Paul's letters. And heck, even about half of what are identified as Paul's letters were forgeries written 50 or 60 years later. But the book of Colossians is one that was written by him and includes a song, a little bit of a song That people were singing. And that one might even date back to as early as 55 CE. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe pushing 60, but it's really one of the earliest. And one of the issues that comes up with Paul's letters is he is writing to people who knew him, that he had taught, that he had talked to. He'd spent six months to a year and a half, maybe even two years with. These letters weren't him writing down everything so that everybody would be able to read it in the future. These were letters he was writing to people who he knew, his friends, the people he'd left in charge of churches that he had started. So trying to figure out what the early church was like from them, you don't really get that because that's not what they were written for. And what exactly was there before is something that I would definitely say is outside of the scope of this podcast. So we are going to start with Paul. Whether or not there was anything before him is, yeah, outside of the scope of of this podcast, and we aren't going to bother with that. Paul did... He was a, a Jew who grew up in a Greek city that got him Roman citizenship. So he was in an interesting position where... He could travel anywhere with full rights and do just about anything. He also had a career that he could do just about anywhere, a a tent maker. So he would travel around, move to a city. He was a trained Pharisee, so had, had a definite end with all the Jewish communities in the entire empire because most of the Jews outside of Jerusalem were Pharisees not Sadducees, and not Zealots. Those were the three main groups of Jews at that time. So he could go to any city, Antioch, for example, and show up there and meet up with the the Jewish synagogue and talk to people and get started working and spending time talking to people and slowly developing relationships with people and then trying to convert them to worshiping his Lord and Savior. Some of those people were Jewish, some were not. And at that time period, Jews were still a very important part of the empire. Again, there was five to seven percent of the population of the Roman Empire. Jewish communities provided a extra network for finances and, and trade. And so they they ran a lot of stores. Um, They handled a lot of of shipping stuff across the empire and making sure that the finances and the supply chain of the empire kept working. And so they were, yeah, everybody in the Roman Empire who wasn't Jewish thought they were weird because they didn't take part in the festivals or worship the gods. And they didn't eat pork and they took the wrong day off. And it it was just weird. But still, they were the... They were an important part of the empire's economy. And so Paul being a part of that and a Roman citizen and being fluent in Greek and probably Latin meant that he could go anywhere and do anything and have an end with just about anyone. At least up until the start of the persecution, which we will get to next time. So he got to take advantage of all of that. He was in with everyone and was able to go everywhere and talk to people and settle down and start these communities. By the end of the first century CE, there were Christian communities in almost every city in the Roman Empire, at least all the big ones. Uh, Most of them started out in the Eastern Empire, throughout Judea and Syria, uh, up into Asia Minor, into Greece, across North Africa, into Rome pretty early, And by the end, even into Gaul and Iberia, modern day France and Spain, like literally by the end of that first century, there were Christians everywhere. Of course, not all of these churches were founded by Paul himself. There were other apostles who also founded churches and traveled around. There were people that they trained and taught themselves that they brought up to spread churches. And you'd even just have church members who weren't necessarily specifically trained or commissioned to go and establish new churches who would pack up and move because, well, people pack up and move every so often. And if there wasn't already a church community there, they would start them. So, yeah, over time, this really grew. And, you know, Paul was very intentional in trying to set up something that would grow. And so he was very intentional in identifying people who he could train to do what he did to help spread it further around. People like Timothy and Titus uh, would be good examples that are are identified in the New Testament. And Jews didn't try to convert people. So this Jew trying to convert people into a Jewish-like religion, even though religion still wasn't even a concept, but it was kind of like Judaism, but not. But definitely not the standard paganism. So they were still would have been considered weird. Paul did not make much progress with the Jewish communities. It was mostly converts from the Greeks, which was something that the Jews did not do. So that added to him being kind of weird. The other thing that the people of the time would have found pretty weird is who they were best at recruiting. It wasn't the educated, the rich, the powerful. No, it was slaves and women. People who had literally no power. To a modern person, that probably makes sense because people who are comfortable have a tendency to continue with their lives the way they are, and people who are barely scraping by will jump at the opportunity for some kind of hope. The rich and powerful also would have had a lot to lose if they joined up with this outside group that would take them away from the official state, civilization, and culture, and society, and traditions, and get them on the outs with the emperor and governor. However, a number of those women were the wives of some of those rich and powerful, and they helped fund the early church. And the early church worship cycle was basically your your main services were Friday night, commemorating Jesus' death, Saturday being a the Jewish Sabbath, which early Christians did take part in, was a fasting day because while Jesus is in the tomb, you don't eat because he didn't eat then either. And then they'd have a sunrise service on Sunday morning, followed by a big feast commemorating Jesus's resurrection. And if you look at Paul's early writings, the the concept of Jesus. Actually, if you just look at Paul's letters, the concept of Jesus was just about those three days. Uh, there wasn't about anything after the resurrection, and there wasn't anything before the crucifixion. It was just the three days, and they commemorated those three days every single week. With time, that the the preference on the worship day started to switch because nobody really likes the the fast day <laughs> because fasting isn't particularly fun. Uh, And everybody liked the feast day. And so with time, that created this opportunity where there's basically three holy days every single week for Christians, which made it easy when the time came to switch the main one, and actually even just gradually switch the main one from the Jewish Sabbath to Sunday. Um, Sunday also had the benefit of being the main day, or Sunday also had the benefit of being the day of the sun which was a venerated day on the Roman calendar every single week. So that, that all worked out. Um, and and doing a sunrise service on Sunday would have been something that didn't really seem all that strange. Well, except for people who found out what they were doing in these sunrise services. To a Roman, the idea that people would get together and drink blood and eat human flesh at the sunrise meant they were cannibals. Now, to the Christians, it was symbolic, drinking wine and eating bread, symbolizing the blood and flesh of Jesus. But because they used the symbolism, you know, talked about it in terms of the, the symbolism, which even the Catholic Church to this day Uh, And Eastern Orthodoxy to this day believe in transubstantiation where the wine and bread are literally changed into the blood and flesh of Jesus. And so Romans were hearing about this group of slaves and poor people and women who were eating flesh. That was problematic. Uh, They kept the Sabbath. They worshiped the Jewish God. They didn't take part in the state religion, the state, uh, basically just the, the, the standard culture, which meant they were Jewish, which in the early days was not a problem, but by the end of the first century was a big, big problem. So at this point, what we really have is a Jewish sect that doesn't take part in any of the Roman culture, that rejects the gods, rejects the feasts, the holidays, doesn't take part in the state religion. They recruit slaves and the wives of rich people, which that would be suspicious just in and of itself. And they eat flesh. Like, there is no way this group is not going to be persecuted, especially once the persecution of Jews begins. Because, again, in the early days, this was a Jewish sect. It was a Messianic Jewish sect, but it was a Jewish sect of cannibals. At least that's what they thought. And that was actually something that led to our first schism before we actually get to our first schism, which is the separation of Christianity from Judaism. And that's what we're going to get to next week with the Jewish-Roman Wars in the beginning of the persecution of Jews, which led to Christians identifying not as a part of Judaism. so I hope you liked this episode and again I'm sorry this was late uh I I'm gonna try and get another one out here before too terribly long but again it's it's this is one of those where I need to be in the right frame of mind and doing well myself to put out a good episode so episodes will come when they come with my goal still being twice a month most months so we'll see how this, this continues to roll on. Uh, but don't worry, this, this podcast isn't going anywhere. It is a lot of fun, and I really enjoy doing it. And I want to get to the really good stuff, which there's still a lot of material to get through first to get there. Anyway, if you want to find us on the web, you can go to schismpod.com or the easier to spell religion you can find us in apple podcasts google podcasts uh pandora spotify stitcher and basically everywhere else that you can find podcasts uh we are basically everywhere and you can find us on twitter at schismpod. we do not have a facebook page and i don't plan on starting one so don't even ask and if you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at podcast at schismpod.com. Or you can just use Dustin at nomads.studio and nomads, plural, .studio. You can also find all that information on the website. And the music has been Tabook by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incopatech.com. Or filmmusic.io. This has been Schisms Religion Divided.